0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today we are going to do something a little bit different. I was trying to think of a fun little project I could do, and by golly, I figured it out. What we're going to do is look at realistic expectations for each one of our draft picks based on previous players that were picked in that same spot. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it has to go a certain way, but it should give us, as I said, a more realistic look. Sometimes we get super hyped up about certain players, especially late round, and you know, you hear people say sixth round, seventh round doesn't really matter. Well, let's put some numbers and some, some names and faces to that. And I, you know, I guess we can call this a transition slightly away from everything's awesome, all these guys are going to be studs, we're going to win the Super Bowl, kind of getting into a little bit more realistic, you know, whatever. Because you know what's coming very shortly? The time in camp when you hear about guys not doing very well, the time in which people start to get injured, you know, it's it's, it's easier if we start to come down a little bit now so that when the disappointment hits during the regular season and some of these guys don't even make the, the active roster, it's not as much of a crushing defeat. Because we've played this game, I don't know how many years in a row now, and welcome to those of you who are new to the game of football, it's always a pleasure, but for most of us we should know better. Not to say we can't have fun and mess around and be like, yeah, these guys are going to be, it's fun, but we got to kind of like, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to transition away from that slightly by looking at other players that were picked in that spot and getting an idea of things like, how often did these guys even start How many of these guys were even good? Any Pro Bowls in there? How about first team All-Pros? What does PFF think? And then, you know, obviously just name recognition because it's kind of cool. Not very often you kind of go through and say, well, what are some of the people that were picked in this spot? Well, I went out and did the homework because I thought it was a fun exercise, and it was. But before we get to that goodness and greatness and goshness, I felt the need for a third, but I I probably could have left that out. First of all, I really appreciate all the pictures you guys have been sending of the merchandise. And by the way, it's not just t-shirts and sweatshirts and long-sleeve shirts and all that. We also got koozies, man. If you want to keep your drink, you know, held. <laughs> it's more for your hand than anything else, but we got those too. Be sure to check out all the merchandise at uh, in the, the, the description below. Yep. Yep. That's where it is. Also, there is still the survey there, if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes for that. More importantly, if you want to take a few minutes out for me, head on over to iTunes and do that for me, because that would be the best thing. If you are not an Apple person like me, and you don't want to download the thing to your desktop and figure all that nonsense out, Stitcher would also work, but that also has to be done on a desktop. I, You know, podcasts are weird that way, man. The technology will catch up eventually. I just think nobody really cares right now. People like podcasts. There must just not be enough money for a company to swoop in and be like, I'm going to make this awesome. I'm not trying to complain. I just, I mean, I, I, I can hold a phone in my hand and be blown away by the stuff it does. And then I look at podcast websites and it's like, you are not even trying. Especially when it's the exact same companies. Google Podcasts and I have a Google phone. Different planets. iTunes and iPhone. You get the point. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. I will be putting not only this list in Patreon eventually. The goal is if I can figure out one little tweak in a formula for Excel, it's going to be done in about five seconds. But if not, it's going to take me like a week to get through this. But I'm going to do this for every single pick in the draft. Like every single draft number. If you want to know the success rate for a pick that is at pick 91, trying to say a number that we didn't pick at, but I don't know. I don't think we had 91. I don't remember. And you just pull up your handy dandy little sheet and see all the little success rate, the hit rate, all that kind of stuff. That's another thing that I will be adding eventually to Patreon. If you'd like access to that, there are several tiers of support. For $1 a month, you can support the channel. For $5 or more a month, you get access to pretty much everything else. Uh, be sure to get in the Facebook group. Check out NFLBigBoard.com. If you're planning to buy yourself a PFF subscription, please use the link in the description. It will give you a 15% off coupon, which is always good, saving money. Also throws 10 bucks my way, which is pretty awesome, and I would appreciate that. If you have any questions, any comments, please call or text 608-501-0718. We're going to take a little break, and we'll just dive right on in. So we'll start with pick 12, but I just want to throw out there, um, as I first of all, if I didn't mention it, I went back over the last 10 years. So that is to say there's technically 11 players if you consider, for example, Rashawn Gary, but I'm not because we don't have any numbers on him. So there's 10 other players to compare Rashawn Gary against. We're going back to 2009 is what we're doing. Another interesting little tidbit, as much as I did not get through every single pick so far, right out of the gate, something seemed pretty interesting. It seems like the number two overall pick... Way better than the number one overall pick. I don't know if that's just because number one is largely quarterbacks and quarterbacks have a higher bust rate. I I don't know what it is. I haven't really looked at it. I just kind of did my thing and looked at it and thought, oh, that's not even close. So interesting little factoid. I'll dig a little deeper to find out if there's some weird anomaly or maybe I messed something up, but I thought that was really weird and interesting. So I don't exactly know the format I want to go through here, but I figure I'll start at 2009, work my way up, just kind of give a general overview. Uh, Most of these guys, especially when we're talking about pick 12, you've probably heard of all of them, and then you'll start hearing less and less as we go along. But in 2009, the 12th overall pick was Mr. NoShawn Moreno, running back for the Denver Broncos. Made a uh, a career for about six years in the NFL coming out of Georgia. It's a big enough name that it's, it's sort of a, You know, you know who he is, but he was never all that, I don't know, elite or successful. In his entire six-year career, um, his last year with Denver in 2013 was his only really successful, well, aside from his rookie year, but 1,196 yards and 11 touchdowns. His rookie year, 947 and 7 touchdowns. Otherwise, 700 yards, 100 yards, 500 yards, and then his last year was with the Miami Dolphins where he got... 31 attempts, 148 yards, one touchdown. Um, PFF was never all that impressed with him. 2012 and 13, again, his last two years with Denver, um, 75.3, 73.7. Overall, if this is what we get out of Rashawn Gary, this is terrible. I mean, as far as, as running backs go, this I don't even know if this is on par. At least, obviously, production is higher those couple years, but as far as how good he is, I don't even know if he's on par with Jamal Williams. So that's a little not comforting he had uh zero first team all to be honest there's only one guy one year who had first team all pro there's maybe only one in this entire list so that's a very rare thing there's two looks like there's two but uh, as far as pro bowls uh he didn't go to the pro bowl and out of his six years he was the primary starter throughout the season only three of his six years in 2010 the pick was another running back but at this time ryan matthews he was in the league seven years one Pro Bowl nod, and was a starter five out of his seven years, which is pretty solid. I mean, a lot of these guys, I don't know if anybody has started every single year. Some of them have had injuries, so that's why they don't start every year. Looks like there's one guy who's coming up pretty quick here. Now, again, I you know—I probably don't have to tell you because we all saw Ryan Matthews' career for several years. It was never that impressive. He did have 2,000-yard uh, seasons. One was actually 1,329, which is pretty good. But again, looking at PFF, they weren't overall very impressed, right? I mean, for example, his yards per carry was 4.4, which means what? He just had a ton of carries. Uh, his highest grade was 73.3 back in 2012. He played until 2016. So a pretty underwhelming career for a guy that's six foot two twenty, runs a 4.37 uh, out of Fresno State. So again, it's another guy where, I mean, he had a fine career, he was a good rotational back, but if this is what we get out of Rashawn Gary, that's kind of terrible. You can find running backs like this through every single round in the draft. I mean, no disrespect to Darren Sproles, I like him, but Ryan Matthews was split in time with him when he went to Philadelphia. It was, you know, relatively even time. And if that doesn't make you feel bad enough, in 2011, the pick was Christian Ponder, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Again, I probably don't have to tell you how bad he was because he was bad. He was in the league for four years. He actually started three, so at least he's got that going for him. But again, I mean, whereas no Sean Moreno and Ryan Matthews were decent enough starters, Christian Ponder was just a bad starter. So let's just get clipping along a little faster here and move on to the next guy because in 2012, we finally got somebody at 12 who was a really good starter, and that's a man by the name of Mr. Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, here's sort of the downside. So, first of all, he's been in the league for seven years. He's still in. In fact, everybody from now on is still in the league, or at least was last year. I don't know if they're going to be there in 2019. One first-team All-Pro, four Pro Bowls, and has been a starter all seven years. Here's the thing about Fletcher Cox, though, and we probably don't think about this now because we just think of him as a beast. He was a little bit of a late bloomer. In his rookie season, he only played 500 snaps. He didn't get, you know... I mean, it was a heavy rotation, but he wasn't like a primary, never take him off the field kind of guy. And he had under an 8% pressure rate. That's pretty terrible. 2013, he also wasn't very good. 2014, in his third year, he had a bit of a breakout. Now, this is where it gets to be kind of, we want that instant impact. It, it's hard to say because if if it's like, what if Rashawn Gary is Fletcher Cox? On one hand, you want to say that's awesome because it's already been five years of elite defensive end play on the other hand you're accepting that in 2019 and 2020 he's not going to be that good that's kind of a tough pill to swallow and as much as I don't want to be a spoiled brat and say no I'm you know I want better than Fletcher Cox it's not all that exciting to think that there could be several years of development And it's also an important thing to remember because you don't want to be the fan that in 2012 was screaming, I hate Fletcher Cox, that was a terrible pick, I knew it, he shouldn't be on this team, get him out of here, because for the next, you know, five years, you're looking like a dummy. It's the whole Devontae Adams thing again. But obviously that was a very, very good pick. Next was, in 2013, DJ Hayden, relatively big name, but not a very good football player. To be completely honest, I was kind of surprised by that because when I heard his name, unless I was thinking of somebody else, I kind of thought he had like a moment in time where it was like, ooh, he was kind of, no, he's always been real, real trash. In fact, he had one good year and it was in 2018 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which makes sense because it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hot garbage for four years with the Oakland Raiders, real bad with the Detroit Lions in 2017, and then decent in 2018. Out of his six years, he's never been to a Pro Bowl. He's only been the primary starter once in his entire career. Not good. So, so far, we've only had one good and and four bad, but one of the best players currently in the NFL, arguably the best at his position, in 2014, Odell Beckham Jr. Regardless, oh, man, we got the double dance party I've been promising, and they're in my pocket, so it's going to take longer. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ask the Lonely. It's so quiet. I still haven't... I used my other alarm because I haven't figured out how to turn my new alarm up. That was riveting. Regardless of what you think of Odell Beckham, at pick 12, he's got to be one of the better pick 12s ever. He's been in the league for five years. He's been a starter for four of them. One year because of an injury, he was not the primary starter. Of those four years, he was in the Pro Bowl three times. That just kind of gives you an idea of the upside. And again, I'm not going to go through the whole list of how good he was, because first of all, I just talked about it recently for some reason. But second of all, he's high profile enough I shouldn't have to. So clearly that would be the ceiling. In 2015, nose tackle Danny Shelton, been in the league four years, three of those years he was a starter. It's hard to really put my finger on exactly what to think about Danny Shelton. I think, I mean, he, he's completely useless as a pass rusher, but you didn't draft Danny Shelton to be a pass rusher. I think maybe the Cleveland Browns dumped him because he didn't provide anything in that area but i think new england picked him up because they realized that he has real good value in what you would expect him to have good value in and that's being a run defender and he has he is very good and he has been pretty much since the beginning his first year in 2015 wasn't great since then he's been consistently pretty solid again he's he, he he's literally getting like 3 4 5% as far as his ability to get pressure which is terrible in the nfl but he's he's a monstrous 6 foot 2 345 pound guy so You know, it's kind of, on one hand, do I want this to be the production of Rashawn Gary? Of course not. On the second hand, this is why guys like this typically don't go top 10 and are starting to fall later and later. It's why I said that Derek Brown or whatever his name is out of Auburn in 2020 probably isn't going to be top 10 because I see him as one of these guys. Probably better at getting after the quarterback, but whenever you're talking about athletic 330-pound guys or whatever that he is, they just don't go top 10, and this would be the reason. There's another example of that that's coming up by the way. In 2016, the New Orleans Saints selected Sheldon Rankin's defensive tackle, kind of a similar trajectory of Fletcher Cox. He's only been in the league 3 years, 2 years he's been a starter, bad rookie year, decent sophomore year and his third year was actually pretty good. I don't know what's going to happen from here on, but again, kind of a slow developer. And if you think about it as much as I don't want to, I don't want this to be the case, considering Rashan Gary and the the critiques of him coming out but also the upside, it wouldn't be that surprising if it did take him a year or two, right? He, he's got all the tools. He's got to figure out how to put it together. I think they call that developmental. Now, maybe he gets it quick. Hopefully he gets it quick. Or the other critique being he was asked to do something different in Michigan, right? His job was to be strong side and to just hold it down. Just recently had a coach come out and say, yeah, we had guys running weak side all the time. That is to say, they put all their powerful, strong guys on one side and they run the other way. Because essentially they're baiting Rashawn Gary to go to one side so that they can run the other way where they don't have as much protection because they'd rather run against the Michigan defense where we don't have our strong blockers rather than run where all our heavy run blockers are but Rashawn Gary is there. So maybe you switch up his role and we say, hey, how about we use this hyper-athleticism to stand you up outside and let you go crazy? I don't know. We'll see. But, it you know, wouldn't be that surprising. In 2017... Um, the pick is a guy that I don't think we're talking about. I, I, I thought we were kind of talking about him too much in 2017, and now in 2018, it's, or now 2019, it's like, why is nobody talking about this guy anymore? But Deshaun Watson, quarterback for the Houston Texans. It's funny because in 2017, essentially the, the, the hype around him was insane. It was, it was pretty much like Pat Mahomes, but I think it might have even been a little bit more so, like more insane. The thing is, I think he was a better quarterback in 2018 than he was in 2017. But in 2017, he had a billion touchdowns, so that's all everybody wanted to talk about. 2018, he was a better quarterback with less touchdowns, and it's like, eh, I guess he's washed up, he's not what we thought he was. No, wrong, false, he's better. In fact, he's a good enough quarterback in 2018 that if he takes another step, and they have done anything to fix his offensive line whatsoever, with again, the the, the team, I don't know man, Texans could be pretty good. Two most important things, you got to have a defense, you got to have a quarterback. They've got a defense, they've got a quarterback. How effective he is is going to depend on if he gets games where he has seven sacks again, like he had last year, but I think he's pretty good, man. So, for reference of what I'm talking about, um, he was injured in 2017. He threw for 1,699 yards and 19 touchdowns. If you take that out over the course of 16 games, that's 43 touchdowns. That's insane for a rookie. With that said, he was also only on pace for 3,883 yards. He had a 61.8 completion percentage, um, and he already had 8 interceptions and was was on pace for 18 interceptions. There's a lot of real bad rookie stuff in there. The next year, only 27 touchdowns. Again, that's why nobody's talking about him. However, 4,400 yards, 10 interceptions total, which is considering he had 8 in 7 games the year prior and had a 67.5 completion percentage, which is up from, again, 61.8. He got a lot better. As far as his PFF grade, he went from a 68.1. In other words, the world was going crazy over uh, Deshaun Watson. PFF was like, "Mm, he's not very good. 2018, 80.9. So as far as what we're talking about here, he's a good quarterback. He was a great pick at 12, I think. The final guy in 2018, Mr. Vita Vea, another big, massive defensive tackle. uh, Hyper-athletic for the fact that he's... 330 some pounds Um, he had a bit of a slow start in the first half of the year came on real strong in the second half I really think he's going to be a good pick and then in 2019 linebacker Rashawn Gary in total uh, two percent of the total years that were played across these picks were first team all pro 20 percent of their seasons were pro bowls and 67 percent of these seasons uh, the players were starters not all that high but again for the most part it was because of injuries injuries and no Sean Marino. (laughs) Interestingly enough, depending on how you look at it, uh, the 21st pick in the draft has been better than the 12th pick in the draft. I want to start to pick up the pace a little bit, but in 2009, the pick was Alex Mack, center by the Cleveland Browns. Alex Mack was picked in 2009, is still playing to this day, and has never had a bad season in his entire career. In fact, in 2017 and 2016, he was graded as elite. He's been with Atlanta for three years. He's been fantastic for Atlanta. The guy's 33 years old and still kicking. Still going strong. One of the best centers in the NFL. Taken at pick 21 in 2009. He's been playing 10 seasons. He started nine seasons and has been to six Pro Bowls. Not a bad pick. Maybe a bad decision for Cleveland to let him go, but, you know, that happens. You draft him. You get a bunch of good years out of him. He wants a lot of money. They don't want to pay. Whatever. In 2010, the pick was tight end Jermaine Grisham by the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He kind of skews this a little bit. And the reason I say that is because he played, and including last year, has played for nine seasons and was a starter for nine seasons. That's a little misleading because he's not that great. He's had about three seasons where you could say he was pretty good. He's usually been just pretty average with the exception of this past year with the Arizona Cardinals where it was just a terrible year. Obviously, we want something better from Darnell Savage. But still, he's been playing for nine seasons. He's been a starter for nine seasons. He's been to two Pro Bowls. That's not a bad situation. And if you're keeping track, we're talking about 19 total seasons over these picks and 18 years as a starter between the two. In 2011, one of the few bad picks at pick 21, Phil Taylor, defensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns. And Cleveland apparently has been picking a lot since forever. They're everywhere. This is already the third pick, although the Bengals have picked it 21 three times over this time. But anyways, Phil Taylor, not a very good football player, played for four years from 2011 to 2014, only had two starts, no Pro Bowls, nada. In 2012, though, somebody that we all know, Mr. Chandler Jones, defensive end, New England Patriots. Seven years in the league, seven years as a starter, two Pro Bowls, and one first-team All-Pro. He's one of only two on this entire list. This list, by the way, is however many picks we had times 10 players. Very, very, very good football player. Actually, the other really interesting thing about these pick 21s, Phil Taylor is the only guy not still in the league. Alex Mack in 2009, Jermaine Grisham, unless some of these guys retired this year, Chandler Jones, and then in 2013, Tyler Eifert. Now, Tyler Eifert, Cincinnati Bengals, has had a lot of injuries. However, when he was healthy, talking about one of the best tight ends in the NFL, so you know, it, it kinda depends what we're talking about here. But if we're talking about what talent can you get at twenty one, obviously there's a lot of talent. Just the last two picks, Chandler Jones and Tyler Eifert, that's kinda crazy. Now, played six, this is also where it's kinda skewed. Played six seasons, only started two, one Pro Bowl. Why? Because he's been hurt his entire career. He cannot stay healthy for one season ever. In twenty fourteen, Haha Clinton Dix by the Green Bay Packers. I know a lot of Packer fans will roll their eyes, but this is another area where we kind of need to recognize that hes he wasn't that bad. I'm sure some of you are tired of me saying that, but I'm also getting tired of people trashing him. When you consider the amount the amount of people, and granted, he's in real good company at pick 21, but even look at a lot of these pick 12s. HaHa Clinton Dix had a good career. He gave us several good years. Uh, he's been in the league five years. He started all five. He was in the Pro Bowl once. Out of this entire list of 10 guys at pick 21, only five of them were ever in the Pro Bowl. Only four of the guys at Pick twelve were ever in the Pro Bowl. So I know he was he took bad angles. I'm so sorry that he took a couple plays off. Bottom line is haha Clinton Dix, although I want Darnell Savage to be a lot better, was not a terrible thing. And that's all I'm trying to do is get context. What usually happens at this pick? I'm excited about this guy. Should I not be? Because usually pick twenty ones are garbage? No. I would like him to be better than HaHa Clinton-Dix, but if he can be anywhere near as good as Alex Mack or Chandler Jones or Tyler Eifert, I feel pretty good about this situation. Next up, another Cincinnati Bengal. They've got a bunch of picks, as I said. Cedric Ogbuahee, tackle out of Texas A&M. Four years in the league, was a starter twice, not a very good football player, not a whole lot of positive things to say about him. In 2016, wide receiver Will Fuller was taken by the Houston Texans out of Notre Dame. Been in the league three years, started two of those years. Average kind of guy, right? Obviously, he's overshadowed by um, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he exactly met the ceiling that they were hoping for, wanting to get this other elite wide receiver to pair with DeAndre Hopkins. It hasn't really panned out that way exactly. On the other hand, um, at least as far as PFF is concerned, he's kind of following that third year path, right? Everybody kind of follows a different path. Some people are just always garbage, but some people, for some reason, that third year is when it clicks. Rookie year, 61. Sophomore year, 67. Third year, 81.2 is the grade he got. Now, this is only on 375 snaps, but that's still pretty promising and, and, you know, looking into the future or whatnot. 2017, pretty terrible pick. Uh, Detroit Lions took Jared Davis. I can't make fun of them too much because I really liked Jared Davis because he's my kind of a guy, but um, didn't pan out. Now, two years in the league. Um... Both years he was a starter, primarily because the Lions don't have any linebackers that are worth anything. However, we'll see if he takes that third year leap. I don't really know. And then in 2018, the Cincinnati Bengals once again took Billy Price. Billy Price is one of those guys that I have said, these early interior guys just are not panning out. Again, we'll see because most of these guys have been taken in the last two to three years. We'll see if any of them can take that leap. This will be his second year. Actually, he was also hurt, I remember. He got hurt, I think, in the bench press at the Combine. I don't know if that affected him at all through the season, but he was a starter that year. Overall, for every single season that these guys played, 80% of the seasons that they were in the league, they were starters. 24% were Pro Bowl seasons, which is higher than 12, which was 20, and also 2% were first-team All-Pros, same as uh, pick 12. So again, overall, for the last 10 years, I would say it's, it's relatively easy to argue that pick 21 has been better than pick 12. So as much as that seems silly, where it's like, yeah, everybody's hyped up about Darnell Savage, but, you know, I mean, come on. He was the 21st pick. You know, Rashawn was the 12th overall pick. We should kind of, you know, it's, I, I, I you know, I, I think there's probably tiers, and that's kind of one of the things I'm excited to look at when I go through all these picks, because you can definitely see, like, big drop-offs, even from, you know, first round to second round um and then as you get down into the fifth round there's a drop and then from the fifth down into the sixth and seventh there's a massive drop so there's clearly tiers here and again that'll be more defined as i get through all the different picks because there's some weird anomalies here or you know pick 194 is way better than pick 185 um pick 75 is better than pick 44 or whatever whatever anyways we'll take one of our breaks and then we'll start looking at some of these mid-rounds Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I picked 44. The Green Bay Packers took uh, Elton Jenkins. We'll start macro here for a second just to mix it up. Uh, zero first-team All-Pro. 5% of the total seasons played were Pro Bowl seasons, and only 42% of these seasons were, um, were starters. Now that's a drop, again, from 21 of 80%, down to less than 50%. Now I'm guessing there are you know, different picks in the second round that are a lot higher, but for whatever reason, pick 44 hasn't been all that spectacular. That isn't to say there aren't some hits here, though. Uh, 2009, the Miami Dolphins selected Pat White, quarterback, only was in the league for one season, didn't start, and is out of the league. Let's hope (laughs) Alton Jenkins doesn't exactly look like that. In 2010, the uh, Oakland Raiders selected Lamar Houston, defensive end out of Texas, Uh, played in the league all the way up until 2017, Four of his eight years, he was a starter. If you recognize his name, it's probably because he played in Chicago uh, up through 2017. So he played with Oakland, and he was decent with Oakland. If we can get the production of Elton Jenkins that that he got in Oakland, I, obviously I want better, but it's okay. As far as his PFF grade, he was graded as good. I'll take good. At guard, I'll take good. However, he went to Chicago, he was kind of trash. Halfway through 2017, he got shipped off to Houston, and then he was just done. Uh, 2011, Detroit Lions selected Titus Young, wide receiver out of Boise State. He was in the league for two years, he started two years, and then he was gone. 2012, the Kansas City Chiefs selected Jeff Allen, uh, tackle, uh, seven years in the league, including this past year. In fact, there's only one guy who didn't play last year in the remaining list, but uh, started four years, never really a good football player. In 2013, the Carolina Panthers made arguably the best pick here at 44, Mr. Kwan, Short, defensive tackle out of Purdue, uh, played six seasons, uh, started four of those seasons, was in the Pro Bowl two of his four seasons as a starter, but as far as a, a primarily run-defending defensive tackle, he's been solid. I'm talking since 2015, he's had two elite seasons, and the other two were very good, including last year. And that's while maintaining about a 10, you know, 2018, he had about a 10% pressure rate. It was even higher in 2017. So being primarily a run defender who can also bring some pressure, that's a good pick, man. At at pick 44, that's real solid. That's the kind of pick that gives you some hope that he not only could be a good football player, he could be a great football player. Of course, there's always the downside. In 2014, the Buffalo Bills selected Cyrus Quanjo. I guess not terrible. He's been okay But essentially, he's been okay as a backup. He's never once been a primary starter in the NFL. Five years, zero starts, zero Pro Bowls, nada. 2015, New Orleans Saints selected um, Hawali Kikaha, outside linebacker out of Washington. Um, Three seasons, only started one. He's out of the league. Not fantastic. 2016, Oakland Raiders selected Jihad Ward, defensive end out of Illinois. Interestingly enough, uh, he was in Oakland for two years, Absolutely horrible. Gruden comes in says, get this guy out of here. He goes over to Indy, has a pretty good year. Now, limited sample size. He technically only had about two games, which really kind of averages this whole thing out. But still, third-year leap-ish as a rotational defensive lineman for a very, very good football team with a very, very good defense. Probably a good situation for him. In 2017, the LA Rams selected Gerald Everett. Uh, The Rams fans, and I think the Rams team, actually really like Gerald Everett as a tight end. Didn't have a great rookie year, but in his second year, he kind of broke out a little bit. So that seems to be a pretty good pickup. So again, what we're trying to do is take down the hype of he's going to be real good, he's going to be an instant starter, and look at what some of these other picks have been. And overall, not a lot of good. I mean, aside from k1 Short, I mean, a whole lot of average to bad. Again, this doesn't mean anything has to be a certain way about Elton Jenkins, But it kind of takes you down a peg when it's like, well, we know our first three picks are going to be good, and Jace is probably going to be pretty good, but I don't know about the rest of the guys. Man, the draft just doesn't work that way. The misses are so much more prevalent than the hits, and it doesn't even matter if it's a first or second round. Again, I can go back to pick 12 if you want. Lots and lots and lots of bad picks, or at least underwhelming picks. Outside of Fletcher Cox and Odell Beckham, who are the elite players at pick 12? How many elite players have we even talked about? So again, expectations. If we can get a quality starter, we done good. Then finally, in 2018, the San Francisco 49ers selected Dante Pettis, wide receiver out of Washington. Pettis had a decent year, and I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because when you have a decent year on a team like the 49ers that didn't have their quarterback, you know, again, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. He also got better as the season went on, starting at about week 12, started to come together a little bit. He also became a starter in week 10, so becomes a starter in week 10, doesn't have a very good season, or very good week. In week 12, he comes out kind of firing a little bit. Not super great, but good enough. So I think, at the very least, the last two years have been pretty good picks. There have been a couple others that have had some success, but overall, most of these guys are just not good football players. So as much as I want to say I absolutely expect whoever pick 44 is to be a quality starter, and if he's not, our GM is not doing his job. The track record of this pick is that most of these guys are not good, especially if we're talking rookie year. I think maybe one person on this entire list out of 10 had a good rookie year. That's just, that kind of, even for me, my, my intention was to do this to kind of bring myself, I didn't expect it to be that bad. That's crazy. Anyways, overall, as far as the macro, uh, pick 75, where Jay Sternberger went, actually is a little bit higher um, whereas in pick 44, 42% were starts, 5% were Pro Bowl. This is 55% starts, 18% Pro Bowl. So again, there's a lot of fluctuation. I'm willing to bet if we look at like pick 43, 42, even 47, some of these are going to be a lot higher. 44 is just apparently a bad number. Because if you can get all the way to 75 and it's still getting higher, it kind of tells you something. right? We're still in that range where there's some relative success expectations. Anyways, running quickly through some of these that nobody cares about because we're kind of getting into the territory where I've never even heard of these people. 2009 Robert Brewster tackled selected by the Dallas Cowboys. Um he was in the league for his one year. That was it. He was done after 2010. Never was a starter. Excuse me, after uh, 2009. Uh in 2010 the Chicago Bears selected Major Wright, not very good. 2011 Seattle Seahawks selected John Moffitt out of Wisconsin, played 3 years, started one. 2012 Super big hit, Seattle Seahawks selected Russell Wilson, quarterback out of Wisconsin. So back-to-back Wisconsin picks, John Moffat didn't exactly pan out. Russell Wilson obviously absolutely did as one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. One of the highest paid, I think maybe the highest paid at this particular point in time. Seven years, seven starts, five Pro Bowls. So can you find good players at pick 75? Me think so. That includes quarterbacks. Um, Another very, very, very good pick in 2013, the New Orleans Saints selected Teron Armstead tackle out of Arcpine Bluff. Uh, Six years, four starts, one Pro Bowl. Somewhat misleading because he is a very, very good tackle. I mean, just consistently solid. Uh, According to PFF, he's had two years essentially where he was elite. One year that was considered very good and three, you know, good to very good years. You know, high good, 76, 78, 76, whatever. Those were his worst three years. So again, at 75, considering it's a premium position like tackle, to be able to hit on a guy like Teron Armstead, that's pretty solid. Uh, 2014, Trey Mason, St. Louis Rams, played two years, started one year. Kind of thought he was going to be kind of a good football player, but apparently not so much. 2015, Garrett Grayson, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, uh, played just in 2015, was out of the league immediately after that. 2016, the Oakland Raiders selected Shalik Calhoun. He's been in the league all three years, has never been a starter, and has been pretty much a terrible football player for three straight years. 2017, the Atlanta Falcons selected Duke Riley, linebacker out of LSU. Uh, Two years, one year as a starter. So far, not so bueno. In fact, he's been pretty terrible. We'll see what happens. And then last year, uh, Kansas City Chiefs selected Derek Nadi. Pretty decent. Obviously, they've got uh, a lot of talent. Well, not a lot of talent. They've got one guy who's extremely talented on their defensive line. But uh, one year, and uh, he was a starter in his first year. So that's a good sign. So pick 75, not terrible. There's been a lot of... I mean, if 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 we can have just average out the success of this group and apply it to Jay Sternberger, I think I'm okay with that. Between Russell Wilson, Teron Armstead, Stead. Actually, that's probably it. <laughs> but those two are very, very good. And, and Derek Nadi might be pretty solid as well so anyways take one more break and then we'll fly through these these last couple because again this is where things sort of fall off kind of quickly fifth round there's a little bit of hope and then it just completely plummets so be right back i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so at pick 150 where we got Kingsley Kiki, um, again, looking at the big picture here, 4% were uh, Pro Bowl, which is to say only one guy was in the Pro Bowl once. 38% of the total seasons played were starting seasons and really only two of these players were starters for the majority of their time in the NFL one of whom was a punter again just to give you sort of a big picture look at this this is again when things start to fall off so in 2009 uh, Minnesota Vikings selected Jasper Brinkley he was in the league for seven years only started two of those years 2010 New England Patriots selected Zoltan Mesko punter out of Michigan Was in the league for four, started three. So you can call that a success, I suppose, because he started most of those seasons. But a puncher should be able to last more than four years in the league before he's out. And he's out-out. He didn't get picked up anywhere else. In 2011, the Cleveland Browns selected Jason Pinkston, tackle out of Pittsburgh. Was in the league only for three years, started only one, and he's out. 2013, we lost a lot of these guys, including... Rocavius Watkins, guard for the St. Louis Rams out of South Carolina, was in the league for only two years, started zero. Then it only gets worse, because in 2013, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected uh, Terry Hawthorne, defensive back out of Illinois. He didn't even start that first year. He'd never even made it on the field, ever. In 2014, a somewhat more familiar name, and I suppose decent football player. I mean, overall, I look at him and I don't care, but we're talking about pick 150, I guess we can give him some credit. But Aaron Lynch, uh, selected by the San Francisco 49ers out of South Florida, currently a Chicago Bear. Again, he is not a person that I am relatively scared of, although he is getting seemingly better. But um, I don't know. That's about as good as it gets. Uh, In 2015, Cedric Thompson, safety by the uh, Miami Dolphins, never stepped foot on the football field. 2016, again, Chicago strikes. Not that Chicago drafted Aaron Lynch, but they have him now. But they picked up Jordan Howard, running back out of Indiana. I think Jordan Howard's a good football player, Don't exactly know why they got rid of him. I already talked about that. I understand he's not a scheme fit, but they picked up a guy that I'm not sure is going to be much of a different scheme fit. But anyways, I think as far as pick 150 goes, Jordan Howard is about as good as it gets. He is a starter in the NFL. He's a good running back. Uh, Three years in the league, three years he's been a starter, one Pro Bowl. In 2017, the New York Jets selected Jordan Leggett, tight end out of Clemson. As far as rookie seasons go for a tight end, it wasn't, you know, overall not terrible. But if you break down his entire season, nine of his games were actually really terrible. With two pretty good games and four good enough games. Again, for pick 150, I guess you'll take it. I mean, uh, three, four games he started. Not enough to be considered a starter for the season. But again, I guess you take that. And then in 2018, the Cleveland Browns selected uh, Gennard Avery. It's only been one year, but not a good football player. So again, and, and... again, the reason I bring this up, if you listen to other Packers podcasts, what are they going to say about Kingsley Kiki? They're super excited. He's so explosive. He's all these things. He's going to be a great rotational player. He provides all this pass rush. He should have again, maybe, but out of this whole group, the best pick was Jordan Howard. Nobody else is any good. Maybe Aaron Lynch, but he's not that good. Jordan Leggett, Cedric Thompson, Terry Hawthorne, Rocavius Watkins, Jason Pinkston, Zoltan Mesko, Jasper Brinkley. Ten players in the league for a total of 26 seasons. Think about that. Now, obviously, Gennard Avery can't be in the league for more than one year, but Jasper Brinkley, linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, was in the league the most for seven years. The punter made it four. We had two that had zero seasons in the NFL. If Kingsley Kiki is even a little bit good, this was an incredible pick. The standard for pick 150 in the fifth round is kind of garbage. It just is. Anyways, um, maybe the worst of the entire group is pick 185, where we took Mr. Kadar Holman, where 4% were um, pro bowlers. Also, 4% were starters. To kind of zoom in on that a little bit, out of total, a total of 28 seasons played, which is two seasons higher than the uh, one, pick 150, Only one player for one season ever has been a starter. One player, one season. Meaning nine players out of this group of ten have never started a single season in their entire career. And and really only four of them, depending on who's left, maybe two of them are out of the league now. But only four of them, including Kadar Holman and the guy who was drafted in the last couple years, are left in the league. Everybody from 2015 and further is long gone. Again, just providing a little bit of perspective because, again, you go check out you know, Packer's Twitter, go check out Packer's bloggers, check out guys doing film breakdowns, check out all this stuff. Kadar Holman's a freak. He provides this, he provides that. He's going to do this. He can be a great this. If we can do this, he's going to be this. If he can start, this was an incredible pick. He's a freak. He'll be one of only two guys ever ever in the last 10 years to start a season running through the list quickly cedric pierman running back for the baltimore ravens played eight seasons was in the pro bowl once never started i don't know how that happens to make the pro bowl as a as a backup but he did it in 2010 anthony mccoy tight end for the seattle seahawks played six seasons started one season so there you go we're done with starters we're done with pro bowls already in 2011, the New York Giants selected Greg Jones, who was in the league for two years, never started. In uh, 2012, Arizona selected quarterback Ryan Lindley, who was in the league for four years, never started. In 2013, the Dallas Cowboys selected Devontae Holman, a linebacker out of South Carolina, who was in the league for two years, never started. Tampa Bay in 2014 selected Robert Heron, wide receiver out of Wyoming, was in the league one year, never started. 2015, the Minnesota Vikings selected tackle Tyrus Thompson, never set foot on a football field ever. 2016, Chicago Bears selected DeAndre Houston Carson. Currently still in the league, I believe, uh, three years, never started. And yeah, he's not good. In uh, 2017, the Cleveland Browns selected Caleb Brantley, defensive tackle out of Florida. He's been in the league the last two years. He's been absolutely terrible the last two years. He's never started because he's terrible. And then last year, a relatively big name, the Indianapolis Colts selected Deion Kane, wide receiver out of Clemson. Deion Kane never stepped foot on the football field. Maybe he was injured, I'm not entirely sure, but he never stepped foot on the football field. Then in 2019, the Packers selected Kadar Holman. Again, if he can even get on the field at any point ever, and play as a starter and contribute in any way that's even slightly, you know, helpful. Elite pick by GM Brian Gutekunst. Because every single one of these players is hot garbage. Every single one for 10 years has been terrible. Now again, that's a bit of an anomaly for pick 185, because picks 194 and 226 are actually a little bit higher. Not good, but as far as guys that actually start once in a while, a little bit higher. But again, remember, pick 194, Dexter Williams. What is everybody saying about Dexter Williams? Oh, man. Now, listen, I know Aaron Jones was drafted late. He's very good. There's occasionally people that get picked in certain spots that do really well. There's somebody in this, you know, especially running backs. I think running backs have a higher success rate later. One of the guys in this exact round had some success at running back, excuse me, at this pick. But um, zero pro bowlers and only 19% were starters, to put a solid number on that, five players start, or excuse me, five seasons for three players. One of these players had three starts. Um, the the biggest contributor out of pick 194 was in 2009 Brandon Gibson, wide receiver out of Washington State, selected by the Philadelphia Eagles, was in the league for six years and started three of them. 2010 the Baltimore Ravens selected Ramon Harewood, tackle out of Morehouse, played one year, didn't start out of the league. Patriots in 2011 selected Markel Carter, linebacker out of Central Arkansas, never stepped foot on a football field. 2012, Philadelphia Eagles selected Marvin McNutt, Iowa. Great name, terrible football player. In the league, three three years never started. 2013, a name that a lot of people will remember. Seattle Seahawks selected Spencer Ware. Now, it's a recognizable name. He bounced around a lot, but six seasons, currently in the league, one year as a starter, mediocre at best. 2014, the uh, Baltimore Ravens selected Keith Wenning, quarterback, out of Ball State. One year in the league, never started out of the league. 2015, the Buffalo Bills selected Nick O'Leary, tight end, still in the league, out of Florida State. Uh, Four years in the league, never started. According to PFF, not a very good football player. Somewhat recognizable name, but I think it's just, you know, when you're one of... (laughs) When you're on the Buffalo Bills, your name gets recognized even if you're not very good because there's nobody to really overshadow you. 2016, the Oakland Raiders selected Corey James, outside linebacker from Colorado State. Uh, Was in the league for two years, started one year, he's out of the league. Out of the league already, drafted in 2016. 2017, Miami selected Vincent Taylor, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. He's been in the league for the last two years, has never started in the last two years. Now, I will give him a little bit of credit, though, because according to PFF, he's not that bad. Now, all limited sample sizes, so it's you can't really put too much stock in it, but his overall grade has been pretty good for the last two years. However, the fact that he hasn't really been put in full-time probably means he's a situational guy. They put him in in those situations he can handle, and that's kind of it. That situation, by the way, is run defense. That's his biggest thing. Which, listen, at this point, I'll take it. If Dexter Williams can be a Vincent Taylor... That is to say, a situational guy who's good at one thing, we put him in when he needs to do that one thing and he does it well, I think that's pretty solid. Then in this last year, in 2018, uh, the Atlanta Falcons selected wide receiver out of LSU, Russell Gage, who is primarily a uh, special teamer. Uh, Obviously one year in the league and uh, has never started. So again, and I understand it's a running back, the expectation that Dexter Williams is going to be a good football player is an unrealistic expectation there are basically zero good football players that have been picked in the last 10 years at pick 194-0. Spencer Ware at best. Maybe you could say Brandon Gibson. I don't know. I don't really remember him. Six years in the league and and three years as a starter, I guess, is about as good as it gets. Anyways, the uh, the last guy here on the list, Ty Summers. And again, and I think because it's seventh round, a lot of people have tempered their expectations, but you still, if you go out there, you can still find a lot of people hyping the pick. I think maybe a more realistic expectation that i have heard is that he has a a he has potential to be a special teamer right maybe he can make the roster if he can contribute on special teams and be like the number three or four linebacker in other words he's competing to be the third linebacker uh possibly fourth if they even keep four but uh 27 percent of the total seasons of these guys were starters That's a grand total of seven starts across 10 years, excuse me, 10 players, 26 total seasons. Five of the seven were by guys that were drafted in 2009-2010. Now, actually, the first guy on this list is somebody that I kind of like and actually was expecting Arizona to have a better offensive line because I expected him to be a better football player than he was, but that's Mr. A.Q. Shipley. I actually have even more respect for him now that I realize he was a 7th round pick. But he's always been decent. He never really started early on in his career. 400 snaps, 700 snaps, 400, 100. But he goes over to Arizona and he's pretty solid. Again, 100 snaps starting in 2015 with Arizona. Then he starts in 2016. He does a great job. 2017, when I was like, ooh man, he's going to be good. Don't worry about it. Completely falls off. But again, I'm going to call that a win for pick 226. Outside of that, though, uh, 2010, the St. Louis Rams selected George Selvey, defensive end out of South Florida. Six seasons, two starts. 2011, uh, Saints selected Greg Romius, One season, zero starts. Uh, San Diego in 2012 selected David Mulk, center out of Michigan. Four seasons in the league, zero starts. Uh, Patriots in 2013 selected Michael Buchanan, defensive end out of Illinois. Two seasons, zero starts. Uh, St. Louis in uh, 2014, uh, Mitchell Van Dyke. Never set foot on a football field. Giants in 2015, Bobby Hart, guard. Four seasons, currently still in the league. Two seasons as a starter. Unfortunately, no, he is not good at anything. Jacksonville in 2016 selected uh, Jonathan Woodard, defensive end out of Central Arkansas. Uh, Didn't do anything in 2016 or 2017, apparently, but did play one season in 2018. Was not a starter. In 2017, Seattle selected David Moore, wide receiver out of East Central. Um, I know he's not very good because I know they don't really have any good wide receivers left over there. Well, DK Metcalf, maybe. But uh, two seasons in the league, still in the league unless they cut him. uh, Zero starts. In 2018, Denver selected David Williams. Uh, They never ended up utilizing him. He did, however, I believe, go to Jacksonville and uh, run a couple times over there. But again, what should be the expectation? The best player out of this group that I can see is A.Q. Shipley, and he is a guy that basically never started, got one chance, or basically two years to be a starter, and his first chance after about five years, he did a pretty good job, and that was basically after a year in which they already drafted his replacement. So they went and signed him in 2015, they drafted his replacement, I think he ended up getting hurt. So A.Q. Shipley comes in, does a good job, starts again the next year, does a pretty bad job, and is probably going to be replaced. So again, what expectations should we have? And it, really, in this whole list, you know, if, if, if we look over this whole season, what is a realistic expectation? What should we expect from Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, Jay Sternberger, Kingsley Kiki, Kadar Holman, Dexter Williams, and Ty Summers? Basically, my expectations for Ty Summers, Dexter Williams, Kadar Holman, and Kingsley Kiki are close to zero. If out of that group we can get one guy to be a solid contributor, this is a great group. A great end-of-the-draft group. Because really, if I go through, you know, we're talking 40 guys. Out of 40 guys and picks 150, 185, 194, and 226, how many of them are good? Like, j- legitimately good football. Jordan Howard? I mean, that might be the only one. Nobody at 185. I don't think anybody at pick 194, and I know nobody at 226. One player out of 40... And those last four picks that we've had, has been good. And, and we have expectations of, what, two or three of these guys being starters? Our expectations are too high. Even between Jason and Elton Jenkins, if we can get one of them to be a really good contributor, this is, I mean, if Jace can meet expectations of Packer fans, this has been one of the best picks at pick 75, I mean, easily. Well, I shouldn't say that because this is the Russell Wilson-Teron Armstead group. But this will be up there. Because basically this tier is just Russell Wilson and Teron Armstead. If he can be a very good tight end in the league, he'll be w- in the company of, of two other guys, Elton Jenkins. Because pick forty four is terrible. If he can st- end up being a good starter, in the last ten years, he's basically the only one. I mean, there's been other starters. Good starters is a different thing, with the exception of Kwan Short. So again, it'll be interesting when I do this whole thing out to kind of you know chart it and see what what happens with each pick, but. I just want us all to, including myself, temper our expectations a bit. Because even at pick 12, it's maybe a 50% hit rate, depending on how high your expectations are. I mean, absolutely, you should expect a starter. Every single one of these guys was a starter. Just a question of how high you expect them to go, right? Is this a Christian Ponder pick, or is this an Odell Beckham pick? So anyways, hopefully uh, that wasn't too much of a downer. And I I do have, and, and you should as well have high expectations because that's just what you should always expect to come in and be good at football. And of course, there are also teams in which you know they've had three or four really good hits and that's what propels them into the Super Bowl. It's not impossible. I'm just looking over statistically the odds that these guys are going to be good. If we can get two or three solid starters out of this, I think that's a pretty good draft. I shouldn't say two because we have two. We should have at least two starters considering we had two first round picks. If we can get three or four, let's say that. I'm not saying starters. I'm saying solid starters. Talking like blake martinez or higher anyways i've been babbling too long and i'm running late here so i got to get going you folks enjoy your thursday i will talk to you tomorrow have a good day bye-bye